Good afternoon, Lafayette. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. It is great to be back with you. Hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday with you and yours. I know I did, but I am glad to be back behind this microphone joining you here uh, in Lafayette during this wonderful day back to school that I'm sure every student and teacher in Lafayette Parish had. I know that some of the ones I've been talking to have had just a thrilling day so far. LCA, of course, going into lockdown earlier today due to an armed robbery situation there. And, of course, the traffic woes I just talked about before the show began. All of that just just stellar. But, again, glad to be with y'all. Glad to be back. Uh, if you had to travel for Thanksgiving, um, I hope that you guys were able to do so safely. We were able to. But, man, traffic. Uh, this morning I had to take my kid to a doctor's appointment and uh, Evangeline Thruway. There was the accident just uh, on, on southbound, just past the I-10 exits, and that was uh, that was a nightmare. Just sitting there on Evangeline Thruway, waiting on the traffic to move. That was a, a pain, uh, and you know, just the typical morning traffic. I hate I hate traffic so much. I, I don't like dealing with other people and yelling at other people who are driving just egregiously. All of you are terrible drivers, apparently, but it's not as bad as the people in Texas. People in Texas cannot drive. I don't know what it is, but if, if you see like Texas flags flags here in Louisiana, um, you see a Texas license plate, just just go the other direction. It's not going to end well for anybody involved. But anyway, 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, let's get right into it. Uh, the Biden White House has been sitting there watching protests going on in Iran for weeks now. People who are... Uh, tired of living under an oppressive uh, dictatorial regime there. And then over the weekend, protests erupted in China over COVID lockdowns, those policies. There was a, um, a, a residential fire, I think it was like an apartment building. And China's protocols have people locked into their homes from the outside. And as a result, dozens of people dead in a fire. Rescuers weren't able to get to them. Uh, The COVID lockdowns in China are just insane, and it's driven a lot of people crazy. There is a lot of uh, there's a lot of protesting going on right now. So, uh, John Kirby, speaking before the press today, uh, was he was asked a lot of questions. Did not give a whole lot of great answers, but part of what he was asked about. What uh, were these protests in China? I want you to listen to his response here when a reporter asks about uh, Biden's reaction to the protests in China. I'm wondering, what is the president's reaction when he hears protesters in China chant freedom or Xi Jinping step down? The president's not going to speak for protesters around the world. They're speaking for themselves. So there's no reaction? These protesters are speaking for themselves. What we are doing is making it clear that we support the right of peaceful protest. Yeah, so, I mean, that nobody is asking Joe Biden to speak for the protesters. Joe Biden is being asked to speak to the protesters. Joe Biden wants or, or should want to speak to people around the world As the leader of America, as somebody whose administration has repeatedly talked about freedom and democracy in trying to draw a contrast between him and his administration and the Republicans they have deemed as uh, authoritarians waiting to come back into power, you would think 
that Biden and his team would want to promote democracy and want to, to promote freedom. And Kirby's response is the president's not going to speak for the protesters. Nobody's going to ask him to. But he should speak to them. Protesters in Iran, protesters in China, we stand with you. We know the importance of democracy. We know the importance of freedom and being allowed to live your life to its fullest. And we stand against governments that routinely seek to punish those that look for freedom and look to express their voice. That's all you have to say. That right there, that's the statement. At least sound like you're on their side, but you're just remaining quiet. And then for one of your stooges to come out and say, the president's not going to speak for the protesters, that is a ridiculous statement to make because that's not what anybody is asking. But Joe Biden has this problem. Joe Biden's only worried about democracy and freedom when it comes to running against Republicans. But the fact of the matter is he has ignored the protests going on in Iran. He has ignored the continuous lockdowns that even Tony Fauci is saying is draconian. Ignoring what's gone on in China, ignored China's saber rattling toward Taiwan, toward the U.S., toward the Western world and their oppression of their own people. Ignored the fact that tens of thousands are locked up for protesting in Iran. Looking at the Maduro regime in Venezuela, perfectly fine sending American companies to drill for oil there, despite the big threat to the world that, global, that climate change is. He's perfectly willing to tell people to go drill in Venezuela, just not here at home. Let the people, let the evil regime, the Maduro regime in Venezuela benefit from all that. He's not, he doesn't actually care about freedom and democracy. He cares about his party. If you care about freedom and democracy and what the Democrats say they stand for, you should be very, very discouraged by what's happening in China, in Iran, in Venezuela, and some of these other countries around the world. And no, I'm not arguing some neocon, neoconservative, we need to go and bring freedom to these places. Not at all. But if you're going to make your administration's talking point, freedom and democracy, you sure as hell better have some words to say to these other countries that are depriving their own people of those liberties. It's incredible to me that the Biden administration still has not learned that you can't just withdraw America from the global stage. You can't just focus internally. This was Obama's big thing. Obama wanted America to take a step back from the world stage. Obama and his cohorts believed when they were in power that America's presence contributes to the destabilization of the world. It's the Batman theory. I don't know if you know this. There's a, there's a theory. It's often, uh, it's often talked about. It's often mentioned in comic books that the supervillains like the Joker, Penguin, Riddler, Two-Face, all these Batman villains, they wouldn't exist if not for Batman. They all exist because of Man they, they all exist because of what Batman has brought to Gotham City, and they kind of rose in opposition to that. It's the, it's the Batman vigilante justice thing. Obama and a lot of his people back when Obama was in charge thought that the mere presence of America on the world stage was causing these other bad actors to rise up. And if America just pulled back, the world would stabilize a bit. 
But we often throughout history see the opposite. When America withdraws itself from the global stage, instead what you see is a lot more instability in the world. It's when America gets involved, it's when America says, hey, we don't like what you're doing, shape up. That's when things are more stable in the world. But the Biden administration is following the footsteps of the Obama administration in that regard. The Biden administration wants America's, frankly, dominance on the world stage to be pulled back way, 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 way back. And instead, what we see is that the more we pull ourselves back, the more China feels emboldened, the more Russia feels emboldened, emboldened, the more Venezuela feels emboldened right now, Iran feels emboldened. All of these things happening. Because the Biden administration won't take a firmer stance on the world stage. He has stepped back. And as a result, the people in China who are raising their voices, wanting to get rid of Xi Jinping, the people in Iran wanting to get rid of the religious authoritarians in charge there, those people will never get the support they deserve because the loudest voices for freedom and democracy are being silent. If you want to make your administration the administration that focuses on freedom and democracy without going the George W. Bush neoconservative route in terms of like bringing democracy to the Middle East or whatever that god-awful plan was, but if you want to promote it globally, you need to stand up and let your voice be heard on it and support those voices that are trying to be heard. But this is just straight-up cowardice from the Biden administration. They are instead focusing on what can we do to make our party look better. We can cast the Republicans as the authoritarians. Never mind China. Never mind Iran that we still want to have a deal with. Never mind Venezuela, who we want to benefit from our lack of oil drilling domestically. Never mind Vladimir Putin. We send all this money to Ukraine, but... We, we're not going to keep track and see if it's actually going to fight back against Putin. We're not worried about any of that. All we're worried about is making the political point. 232-1542. Let's go ahead and take our first break of the day. When we come back, we'll have more on that. And later on in the show, I do want to talk about a something I talked about a lot last week, particularly when I was filling in for Moon, but the nation's poor mental health and some dis- disturbing data that's out there. We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the program, you can also send a message through the KPL app. Had one person send in a message uh, in the last segment uh, saying that I'm, I'm being ridiculous, saying that Biden is only talking about democracy when you look at Ukraine. Okay, let's look at Ukraine. Biden has committed a lot of money and has not kept track of whether or not that money is actually being spent in the proper way. There's no the Republicans are calling for a full audit uh, when they come into power in the House. They want a full audit of the money that's been sent to uh, Ukraine and where it's going. And the Biden administration is currently scrambling right now, trying to uh, dot its I's and cross its T's to make sure that that money is going the right places because the Republicans will cut off the money to Ukraine. I support Ukraine. I support sending aid to Ukraine. I don't even mind how much we're sending to Ukraine, but it sure as hell better be going to the right place. And the Ukraine thing is not about democracy. It's about freedom. 
It's about one authoritarian in Russia trying to have his way, trying to get what he wants, trying to rebuild something that used to exist. But there's no, but this is, that's a war between two countries. I'm talking about countries that are currently under an authoritarian rule whose citizens are fed up with it and are trying to rise against these authoritarians, these dictators, these controlling government regimes that are doing far too much to suppress their own people, never mind what they're doing in other countries. The Biden administration will absolutely stay silent when it comes to China because they don't actually want to irritate the Chinese. Think of how many times Joe Biden has talked about the U.S.'s commitment to defend Taiwan and the White House has had to talk it back, has had to walk back whatever Biden said off his cuff. They do not want to upset the Chinese. The Chinese, by the way, the Chinese government is facing a lot of pressure right now. And you can tell because of the way they're sending out propagandists, they're sending out disinformation as much as they can to try to cover up what's happening with these protests. China, right now, there are several people who are actually pointing out that when you look at the World Cup feeds going to every other country and the World Cup feed that's being aired to the Chinese people, it's being censored. Whenever we go to one of the Fox Sports networks and we turn on a World Cup match, what we see during breaks, during stoppage, whatever, we see crowd shots of, of, of the crowds and nobody's wearing a mask in these crowds. The Chinese government, because there's a 30-something second delay, the Chinese government actually has the ability to go in. And what they do is they censor that. They instead redirect the feed to a shot of a coach on the sideline or of the bench on the sideline or the goalkeeper or something that is not the crowd because the Chinese government does not want to see, does not want its people to see people enjoying life outside of a mask, people enjoying those freedoms that China has repeatedly put its people under. That's what we're talking about when we talk about democracy and freedom here. We're not talking about one, one country's unjust war against another. We are talking about what's happening within these countries under their own tyrannical governments. Xi Jinping is being pressured by the old guard in his party to get ready and go ahead and just eliminate Taiwan's independence completely. Go with a military-style takeover. Thwart that. Thwart Taiwan's supposed independence. And he's tried, he's tried to stop it, but he, he's getting to a point where he can't. The saber rattling is becoming too much. He may ultimately have to cave there. And that's what U.S. intelligence is indicating. But he has sent in his own force. He's, he's quashed rebellion within his own party. He's sending out the military to take care of protesters in his own country. A BBC journalist was beaten by the Chinese military and then hauled off to a jail in Shanghai for reporting on the protests. That's the kind of thing we're talking about right now. And the Biden administration will not say a word against China. It's much the same, by the way, for American companies that do business in China. I love my iPhone. I love my Apple Watch. I love my MacBook. But Apple has to submit to Chinese censorship and Chinese oppression in order to do business there. Nike has to do the same. The NBA has to do the same. All these American companies bend the knee to the Chinese government and their awful, awful censorship and authoritarian ways in order to get into that market because it's a huge market. 
And we're fast getting to the point where American companies are going to have to decide which means more. Talking about being woke on Twitter and pulling your advertising from Twitter because Elon Musk bought it versus actually not doing business any longer with a with a government that treats its people the exact way you're accusing Elon Musk of treating users on Twitter. But nobody in any position of power wants to talk about China. They don't they don't want to talk. Uh oh. That was strange. I apologize for that. Anyway, something happened there. All right, so before we go, we're about to wrap up. Before we go, I want to say this. The U.S. government has to make the decision, and the Biden administration doesn't want to, but at some point it has to make the decision to stand up to these powers. If you want to talk about freedom and democracy, that's where you got to be. All right, let's join Fox News in progress here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. Uh, give me just one second because my bumpers were kind of out of whack there and I needed to fix that. All right, we're back. We're good. Um, so I, I shift, shifting gears again. And if you want to call in 232-1542, that, that's fine. If you want to send a message to the KPL app about what I was talking about earlier, be glad to get the, to those uh, comments as well. But I want to shift gears a bit. There is an opinion piece that appeared in the Washington Post uh, several days ago. And of course, not being here for it, I hadn't had a chance to talk about it, but it's it's been in the back of my mind. Now, on Wednesday, I filled in for Moon Grafon and did my own show. I did four hours radio, and it feels like at least half that time I was talking about this. We're in the holiday season now, and and one of the, the big themes of the holiday season is, of course, family, being together, loving one another. Um, and I've talked a lot about the mental health crisis in the country that we're still not talking enough about. And one of my theories has long been the, a lot of our problems stem from the fact that we are isolating ourselves. The COVID lockdowns were a great example of that. Um, we have a lot of undiagnosed mental health trauma right now because of students in particular, but a lot of us who were isolated during lockdowns, we weren't able to get out and socialize like normal. Mental health problems, suicides, things like that were all up during that time because we isolated ourselves. But this isn't something that just started happening in late 2019, 2020. This is something that's actually been happening for a while. There's a piece at the Washington Post. Americans are choosing to be alone. That's the, the, the headline of the piece. Americans are choosing to be alone. There's a graph in there that I think is incredibly important. Hours per week that we are choosing to be alone with friends, with companions. Americans 15 and older are spending way more time alone than they did in 2013. In 2013, the, according to this chart, that's when this increasing isolation started. Now, it started trending upward slowly at 2013, in, in 2013. 
2014, we started spending about an hour less time with friends and almost two hours less time with companions by 2014. By 2015, it was starting to get a lot worse. And then, of course, from 2019 into 2020, it plummeted. It tanked more than uh, more than four hours less, less than four hours or I'm sorry. We spent on average four hours less with friends by 2020 than we did in 2013. We spent almost seven hours less with companions than we did in 2013. Meanwhile, the amount of time we've been spending alone has been increasing. And there's a particular date you need to know. A friend of mine pointed this out earlier today. 2015, the year that the iPhone came out, the birth of smartphones as we know them today, 2015. And as the technology has grown and evolved, as social media apps have taken over, as we spend all of our time streaming things, and looking at photos and going through reels and going through Facebook posts and going through stories and going through TikToks and all of these things, our time alone has shot up. To now, on average, here in 2021, we are spending more than nine hours more alone than we were in 2013. Our time isolated from each other has increased. Here's from that opinion piece at the Washington Post. According to the Census Bureau's American Time Use Survey, the amount of time the average American spent with friends was stable at about six and a half hours per week between 2010 and 2013. Then, in 2014, time spent with friends began to decline. By 2019, the average American was spending only four hours a week, a, per week with friends, a sharp 37% decline from five years before. Social media, political polar, uh, pol polarization, would help if I could say words today. Political polarization and new technologies all played a role in the drop. It is notable that market penetration of smartphones crossed 50% in 2014. COVID then deepened this trend. During the pandemic, time with friends fell further in 2021. The average American spent only two hours and 45 minutes a week with close friends, a 58% decline relative to 2010 to 2013. Similar declines can be seen when the definition of friends is expanded to include neighbors, coworkers, and clients. The average American spent 15 hours per week with this broader group of friends than a decade ago, 12 hours per week in 2019, and only 10 hours per week in 2021. Earlier today, the guy who shot up a predominantly black market in Buffalo, New York, pleaded guilty to 10 counts of murder, three counts of attempted murder, and one count of domestic terrorism because of hate. The minimum for being found guilty is life in prison with no chance of parole. Minimum. When authorities began looking into this guy, they found an online footprint that traced back to online communities and statements made and political sentiments that were shared that you can easily find online if you go to the right places. This man committed an act of hate. But as I said last week, and as I will continue saying, 
This doesn't happen to a sane person. No one who is the picture of mental health chooses to dehumanize others to the point where they have no emotional problem with taking another person's life. You have to believe that that person has no life. Their, their life has no value. They are less than human, and therefore their life doesn't matter. That is mentally unhealthy behavior. That doesn't happen in a normal person's psychology. We've had people attempt to assassinate Republicans at a baseball park. We've had people who have tried to assassinate Democratic politicians. We have people on the left and the right who go out and commit these horrible acts, and sometimes they're not even political. They go after a politician or a political group simply because that's what the voices in their head are telling them. You can find a lot of these ideologies in somebody's statement somewhere, and people will take a politician's or a famous person's rhetoric and decide to extend it to those extremes themselves. Not because a politician or a political movement told them to, it's just their unhealthy behavior, their mentally unhealthy behavior is what's causing this. But to go back to it, the big problem here is the isolation. We, as a society, are choosing to close ourselves off from our fellow man for far longer than we should. We are a social species. We are a species that yearns for social connection. Our, we aren't born and then just abandoned. We are born and raised in a social group called a family. And that family introduces us to other social groups, our churches, our communities, our schools, extended family. It eventually leads us to social groups in college, social groups in the workplace, social groups out in our own communities. When we leave the nest and we go out, and the first thing we do is we find people to socialize with. We are not a species that is automatically set to work alone. It just does not work. It's not compatible with who we are psychologically and emotionally. But because we have chosen to isolate ourselves because of technology, because of political rhetoric, because of social rhetoric, because of all these other factors, we are creating our own mental health problems. The average American spent 15 hours per week with a broad group of friends that includes neighbors, coworkers, and clients a decade ago. 12 hours per week in 2019 and only 10 hours per week in 2021. So whereas it was just over two hours a day a decade ago, it is now less than an hour a day now. We are withdrawing from one another. Is it any wonder that there are people out there who are so willing to take a life? because they are not used to treating or dealing with other people. 
they don't see them as a life worth existing with. We have focused on demonization. We have focused on alienating one another. And as a result, we don't do the things we used to do. Leading into Thursday, there were still people out there saying, this is what you should say to your conservative uncle when they start talking politics. You know what I did? Nothing. Nobody talked to me about politics. And if they tried, I shut the conversation down and I walked away. I did not go visit family to talk politics. I don't talk shop outside of this show or outside of my work at Red State. I simply don't do it. But there are some people who are so caught up in their left or right, whatever it is, they're just focused on whatever it is that they're, they're eating them. It's eating away at them. They are stuck. Perpetually seeing people as different than them, politically, racially, socially, culturally, whatever. They are considered less. So we have no problem isolating ourselves from them. But that is hurting our souls. It is creating a bad mental health crisis in the country. 232-1542, if you want to call in, be part of the conversation. We'd be glad to talk to you. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPL. I feel like I could just listen to this song for the rest of the show, and I think that we could all feel better. Joe Walsh's Life's Been Good. It's a phenomenal song. I would consider it one of my theme songs, except I have I don't have a mansion. <laughs> so I couldn't tell you the price because it doesn't exist. All right, so 232-1542, if you want to help round out the show today, uh, you can also send a message through the KPL app. So for two years now, they may have been doing it for longer. I've only really been paying attention to it for the last two years. Chevrolet has been dropping these holiday ads that are really just short films, and then they, they repackage it in a one-minute segment to air on TV. Last year's was called Holiday Ride, and it was uh, the story of a man whose only connection to his late, who, to his late wife was uh, her old Chevy convertible. And... Uh, and... It, 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 it was old, it couldn't start, it wasn't working, anything like that. The man's daughter uh, snuck in, got the car, got some folks in town that worked at a, at a, uh, at a repair shop, came in, snuck, snuck in, got the car, took it, fixed it, and she surprised her dad with it one morning. Uh, slid over to the passenger seat. He got in. He looked at her. She looked at him with teary eyes and said, it's what mom would have wanted. They took a joy ride together in the car. Absolute tear jerk. If you had a dry eye at the end of that one, it, it, I'm, I'm, you might have been somebody I was talking about in the last segment, just in, as, in terms of absolutely removing yourself from society. It's a beautiful ad. This year's ad is the Mrs. Hayes ad. And I've written about it. It's at kpel965.com. It's also written, I also wrote about it at redstate.com. Um, but it's the perfect holiday message, getting back to what I'm talking about, because this time of year is about getting with your family, loving your family, loving the community that you're in. Mrs. Hayes is this older black woman whose car won't start. Her old Chevy will not start. And in the process, she flashes back to her husband who was in the military. She, the last she saw him, he, she, dropped her off, she dropped him off at the military recruitment office. The next scene shows her walking away with his effects. It's clear he did not survive that particular conflict. And 
it shows her moving into a home that they, I guess, bought together. Uh, but she was alone at that point. Um, and then she befriends the neighborhood kids and kind of adopts them into her own family. She grows up and these kids grow up knowing her, knowing Mrs. Hayes. One of the kids, Billy, accidentally hit her car with a baseball. But we can see her teaching him how to you know, do basic maintenance on the car, things like that. Uh, eventually, Billy's wife comes in uh, during one scene and says, that, uh, my water broke, this baby's coming now. Mrs. Hayes grabs the keys, takes her to the hospital. Then it goes back to the present. Mrs. Hayes sitting in the car. It's not starting. Billy's right there in his Chevy Blazer. It is an ad, after all. Takes her home, takes her in a groceries home. Apparently goes back that night, fixes the car himself, and he and his family drive up to her house and surprise her with the car. And there's this teary reunion. They hug each other. She had been decorating the house for Christmas, looking at a picture of her late husband. And it's this beautiful, emotional moment that really hits on the most important message, a message that we should focus on year-round, but a message that we really need right now because it's not just about family. We belong to a family. We belong to a community, our neighborhoods, our friend groups. And we need to remember who these people are and why they are special to us. And even if we barely know some of them, the connection with our fellow man is what's so important. You should go and watch this ad. Again, kpel965.com, I, I wrote about it. The ad is actually in the post, so you can see it there, the long version. It's beautiful. But at the end of the day, we have to remind ourselves, we exist alongside other humans. We are social creatures. We need to respect and love and cherish the people around us. The societal decay that we see is what happens when we don't. All right, y'all have a fantastic day. I'll be back in 23 hours here on the Joe Cunningham Show. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, and Substack. My show notes are there, joecunninghamshow.substack.com. Talk to you guys again tomorrow. Shannon is offsides next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.